Hi guys and welcome back to a new episode and we are continuing the phobia series and in this episode we are going to be discussing autophobia which is basically the fear of being alone or even lonely. Um, we all know that being alone even in a usual comforting place uh, like home can result in severe anxiety, anxiety for people with this condition. Um, people with autophobia feel like they need another person or other people around in order to feel safe. Um, you know, even though when a person with autophobia knows they're physically safe, they may live in fear, such as, you know, burglars, burglars, I should say, guys, uh, strangers, being unloved, being unwanted, uh, coming down with a sudden medical problem, hearing unexpected or unexplained noises. Now, I'm sure a lot of us struggle with mental health. We do sometimes feel lonely, but um, well, now I do, and sometimes you feel unloved. But uh, this is like more extreme for like people who struggle with it more, I guess. Um, so autophobia is basically an irrational anxiety that develops when a person fears they may end up alone. While there may not be, um, you know, even though there might not be an actual threat of being alone, the person will be able, unable, I should say, to control their symptoms. The person may be unable to function normally until they no longer feel alone. And obviously when they're alone, they may feel a desperate need to end their solitude as soon as they can, guys. Um, but what actually are the symptoms okay um you know you could be obsessively worrying about being alone uh, experiencing fears of what could happen you know while being alone uh, feeling detached from your body when alone experience shaking you know sweating chest pain dizziness heart palpitations hyperventilation and a nausea when alone or in a situation where you could soon become alone so basically all the symptoms of anxiety, um, a feeling of extreme terror when alone or in a situation where you could soon become alone, an overwhelming desire to flee, you know, when you're alone, or anxiety from anticipating loneliness, okay. But what can actually cause phobia, autophobia? So, as with many phobias, uh, the causes of autophobia are basically not well known, but some of these causes could possibly include having been alone during a traumatic event, uh, feeling abandoning childhood as a result of an experience like a parental divorce or death in the family. Other experiences of adversity in childhood, having a parent or sibling with the same phobia or a different one. Autophobia may also be a symptom of various disorders like anxiety or even personality disorders like, you know, borderline or dependent personality disorder. How is autophobia diagnosed? Well, I'll tell you next.
So then guys, autophobia is considered a situational phobia. And basically this means that the situation of being alone or loneliness causes extreme distress. Uh, to be diagnosed with autophobia, your fear of being alone causes you so much anxiety that it interferes with your daily routine. And in some cases, people have more than one phobia at a time. And, you know, it's possible that you're dealing with more than one phobia, which could be making your autophobia even more challenging to cope with. So basically, you can talk with your doctor about any other fears you have. OK, guys, um, you know, people with it can be treated with um, people with specific phobias like autophobia are often treated with psychotherapy and that's the most common okay so the types are exposure therapy and cbt which is cognitive cognitive behavioral therapy uh, we have exposure therapy which that basically treats an avoidance of behavior that's developed over time and basically the goal is for this treatment to improve your quality of life so that your phobias no longer limit what you're capable of doing in your daily life and your doctor will re-expose you to the source of your phobia over and over again and they'll do this uh, first in a control setting where you feel safe and eventually will move to a real life situation uh, for this phobia your therapist will work with you towards increasing your tolerance of being left alone for increasing periods of time okay it could begin as walking out of your therapist office and standing a few yards away for a short period uh, the distance and time can be increased as you make, start to make progress each day cbt okay cognitive behavioral therapy and your therapist for this will expose you to your phobia but they will also use other techniques that will help you learn how to confront and cope with being alone in a more constructive way. You know, they'll work with you to examine your pattern of thinking around your phobia. And CBT can give you a sense of confidence when confronting your autophobia. This will help you feel much less overwhelmed and the next time you have to confront it. Uh, medications. In most cases though, uh, psychotherapy alone is successful in treating this but medication can sometimes be useful in helping to reduce the symptoms so that they can recover through psychotherapy. Your mental health care professional may prescribe medications at the beginning of your treatments. They may also instruct you to use it in specific or infrequent short-term situations, uh, such as um, beta blockers. You know, these drugs basically block simulation caused by the adrenaline in the body. Sedatives can help you relax by minimizing the amount of anxiety you feel. These drugs should be used cautiously because they can be addictive. This is especially true in people with a history of drug or alcohol dependency. Okay. Selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors or SSRIS. And basically, these are antidepressants and are prescribed for phobias as well as anxiety disorders, guys. And for OK, guys, the outlook. Being alone has 
you know, a different type of meaning for some people. You know, people fear being without a specific person or sometimes any person in close proximity. And the need for proximity varies from person to person. Some people with autophobia feel a need to be in the same room as another person, but being in the same house or building is okay for others. Uh, for some people, they need to be with someone else gets in the way of leading a happy, uh, productive life because they're constantly living in fear of it, basically just, you know, being alone. If you think you do have the symptoms of autophobia, please, okay, rest assured that you, that there is help out there for you. And that goes with any kind of mental health, guys. You have to understand this. You have to want it. You have to want to do it. It won't just come to you guys. It's not. You can't just wave a magic wand. We all wish we could. If you stick to your treatment plan, recovery is definitely possible. Please schedule a visit with your primary care doctor or mental health care professional. And obviously with the right combination of treatments, you'll better learn to manage and understand your reactions, feelings and thoughts, guys. So then, guys, if you want to get in touch with me, if you want to tell your story anonymously for the podcast, you can get in touch with me on Instagram. Okay, it's Living with Mental Illness 2021. That is Living with Mental Illness 2021. Unfortunately, now I do not have a YouTube channel. It was getting a little bit too much for me to handle. But I do still have my Instagram where you can keep in touch. You can follow me, share your story. And obviously, I'll leave the, um, my Instagram in, obviously in the episode description as well, guys, so you can get in touch. And speaking of getting in touch, someone actually sent me a message uh, telling me their story. And um, um, someone who I know has sent me this. And we're going to, she's, Telling me a story of basically what's happening. So uh, please bear with me, guys. So here we go. She's put, hi, Ben. After a few months of red tape, I've just got approved for a new treatment for my major depressive disorder. I've covered that, guys. And I start in April. It's called TMS, transcranial magnetic stimulation i should say it uses magnetic waves similar to an mri focusing on certain areas of my brain i will be having the treatment every day for six weeks it's supposed to be basically reroute the synapses in my brain having to do with mood regulation it has about an 85 percent success rate in improvement of depression and 60% achieve full remission. So that's good. They're trying this as I have exhausted all the treatments and medications. There is nothing left to try. It was a lot of work to get approved for it. And it's going to be very expensive. But I know I need to do it. Maybe it's something, you know, you can talk about on your videos or your podcasts as something that is out there. And if you want, I can provide my experiences. 
so that's nice so if there's anything i need to know just message her there is a lot more to what's going on with me i never disclosed everything that was happening concerning my mental health you know i've been struggling for about 20 years i was quickly diagnosed with depression but over the years i have had many different types of treatments counseling and tried different countless medications i think we've all tried that sounds like me with the counseling and the meds um, i became worse when i started having symptoms to my other chronic illness and no one knew what was going on for years i have experienced many horrible things in my life um, some I actually know when, you know, and have had a lot of medical traumas over the years. Many things which I never brought up with me. You basically talking about me. After being in a couple of abusive relationships, experiencing molestation, a couple of physical attacks and a few sexual assaults, I was diagnosed with PTSD. The problem at the time was that there were very few effective treatments as ptsd was just being recognized with the general public because of you know the war in the middle east truthfully the ptsd was beyond more difficult to deal with deal with than the depression i went through emdr treatment which is hailed as a magic bullet for ptsd it did nothing I went through the whole thing again and it still did not help. I was the first patient in 11 years the provider was practicing that it didn't work on. So at that point, that was it for me. There was nothing else to try. A huge issue that still remains is that there were no resources for those with PTSD and CPTSD that are not in the military. I have yet to find one that I can even participate in as I've been shunned by the very people that, that actually have PTSD slash CPTSD like I do. Unfortunately, there is a still a strong belief that it is only a mental illness of military veterans. I'm sorry, but that is complete horse poop. It's not just veterans. It's, a, it's, a, it's basically... You know, she says it in here that, you know, people who've been in abusive relationships or, you know, traumatic events. And she goes on to say, my counsellors, I'm sorry, it's quite long, but it's really important, guys, and I want you to hear it. My counsellors and my doctors tried. I tried. Nothing worked. It came to a head in March 2018 during the, during the time she was um, dating... Some uh, dating someone. Um, basically, but, uh, I lost my place now. I tried to commit. Basically, she tried to commit suicide, and he found me and got me help. I had taken multiple doses of all my meds throughout the day to ensure I wouldn't just throw them up. Then took a bolus bolus of the meds and put myself to sleep. I hope that's the right word. With powerful narcolepsy meds I was on at the time to ensure I wouldn't wake up if something went wrong with the plan. Well, I guess my body is used to taking all the medications because all of it 
all it did was make me very ill for a couple of days and I didn't even throw up. For a long time I was angry this happened. I was admitted to the mental hospital where I stayed for nearly a month. It was there that I got official, more specific diagnosis, treatment resistant major depressive disorder and treatment resistant complex PTSD. Uh, while there I was an enigma, the difficult un unusual uh, case. I was very aware of what was happening and I was the only patient that had a career and was otherwise able to function in society. Despite having two very serious mental illnesses and a slew of other debilitating illnesses, I can never say that word, where most patients cannot work or even function with just one of the disabilities or illnesses, I was chugging along with six. Everyone wanted to learn more about me, studied me, etc. When I left the mental hospital, I was in IOP, intensive outpatient therapy, for a few months. Again, I was the enigma. I graduated out of the program and used what tools I learned for a while until again it just stopped working. After doing another round of IOP months later, they figured out that I'm too smart for any type of behavioral therapy. Basically, I would use one coping tool and it would work, but the next time I'd use it, it would not work. The way they explained it to me was that after, you know, the first time I used the tool, my brain would subconsciously know what I was trying to do the next time and basically say, nope. For a while, I had to use a different tool every time and not repeat one twice in a row. I had to do others for a few times in between. After a while, that stopped working altogether as well. I tried countless meds until finally I reached the end. There was nothing left to do. That's when they started looking into getting into the TMS therapy I mentioned, that she mentioned above. If this does not work, I do not wait. I will go from there. Right now, I basically work and become a vegetable when I leave. All of my energy goes to working. And the times I have to show up for my club, top the depression and CPTSD with my other painful chronic illnesses, no one knows how I'm doing it or how I'm surviving. This is what I have gone through for all these years and part of the reasons why I struggled with you at times. I was trying to keep your head above water when I was drowning myself. And I don't think that was ever fully understood. At this point, pointing fingers is moved. It was no one's fault. We were both struggling more than we cared to admit. I know through the videos I watched that you're looking for people to share their experiences. This is mine. You can use it if you'd like. If you want to know more, I'd be willing to do so, as there, are, there may be someone else out there just like me in the world. Um, thank you for that email. I really do appreciate it. 
Um, that was pretty tough to read. And I really hope whoever's listening to this, if you're going through the same thing, whether it's exactly the same as this or something different, um, I really hope you do get the help you need. I really do. Guys, please get in touch with me. Instagram, living with mental illness 2021, all one word. As I said, I will leave the link, well, the Instagram user in the episode description, guys. Once again, I want to thank everyone for those that are listening, that are following me on Instagram, guys. Until next time, stay safe and be kind, and I'll see you in the next episode, guys. Take care.